right, so uh, we've been, you know, a lot of recent episodes, you've been sort of delving into the history of the CIA and the deep state. I just thought I would uh, share this clip with you because I think it's advanced my understanding of it uh, quite a bit. And uh, it's from an old friend. So here we go. Let's just, uh, I watched this last night. Just thought I'd share it with you boys. Thank you for coming, Jake. It's been, it's been a long two weeks. I came here to tell you that Hayes is willing to forget your resignation. The CIA is your home. Defending America is your life. Jake, I need you to tell me the truth. Did you kill Gino Orsetti? You're asking me questions that you will never never understand. And they're asking you to make me come back. I've been doing this a lot longer than you. And I've done a lot of things that they will never let you know about. The thing that offends me the most, it's not that I've risked my life for my country and done things that most people couldn't have done. This country that I love so much country is the real reason why I feel so betrayed that I was lied to about what they've done to us, to my country, country, slaughtered, slaughtered. That's the stuff they're not telling you. Where we have literally two governments inside a government, nobody would have thought 20 years ago if I would have told them What's going to happen now? Did you kill Orsetti? Don't ask me what I did, how I did it, or any of this bullshit about it's my home. When you know what I know, you wouldn't call it your home either. I'm done. There we go. There we go. (laughs) And the movie's called General Commander. General Commander. General Commander. Is that his name? <laughs> yeah, I, I, he, no, he was uh, the General, General Commander. General Commander? I, I, like, okay, so honestly, like, yeah, like, uh, obviously the CIA is doing a lot of stuff. They're slaughtering people that they're not telling you about. <laughs> don't ask, don't ask me what I've done. They will, I've done things they will never. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed in that clip, like, Seagal's nose has never looked more, like, alcoholic, like, bloated and sort of pockmarked. Yeah, it's um, looking yeah, bad. He's yeah, looking his, like uh, he's looking like W.C. Fields. Yeah, his uh, his the texture of his the hair on top of his head and his goatee is the texture of like low quality astroturf. Yeah. But like if you just soaked it in soy sauce, uh, <laughs> his his skin is the texture of a sun chip. Uh, he is probably. There's probably no one on earth who looks worse than he does at this point. He looks terrible. Yeah. He looks terrible. He doesn't have, because like a lot of guys who look bad, you know, your Nick Nolte's or maybe your Mickey Rourke's, there's a weathered sort of uh, dignity to even yeah. their uh, aged misfortune. Or, or like Val Kilmer. With him, it's just I've been. He's been sitting on a sex barge barge in the Baltic Ocean for the past uh, thirty years, and just turning into this disgusting orange tick. Yeah, he's been fuck. Yeah, he's been fucking like Ukrainian prostitutes who have like Chernobyl pussy syndrome <laughs> for like twenty years, and we're seeing the effects. So yeah, that's uh, 
uh, General Commander, I got to say, uh, I, I only made it like 40 minutes into this one. Did he move it at is, any point from a seated position? It is interminable. It is the slowest one he's ever done. And like, and like most of these later era Seagal movies, he's basically only on screen for about five minutes. Was he ever, what, that, did he ever stand up at any of the point he, that he, he was he, on screen? He, he did stand up and walk briskly in, oh, in the wow. opening oh, action wow. sequence. So I think he's, he's, he's physically <laughs> improving. That, uh, that's what the Asian connection was like. It was like a lot of ju- it was slow and indecipherable. Um, the only like thing I remember from the Asian connection, which is from a similar late late era, like this is the late era of the late era, is uh, he's talking to a group of guys and he goes, "I've been coming here to Asia for thirty years," but that was um, he stopped doing the AAVE. Like he just sounds like Decker. Now. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, he's no. doing Decker voice now. Well, I yeah. think it's because ever since Trump became in office, he he realized this is some serious shit. Okay, yeah, yeah. there's a government inside the government, <laughs> yeah. inside the government, like a government turducken. They're the shadow wolves, Matt. The, the shadow the wolves, shadow, and shadow we must wolves. battle these forces. What if what, what, what is, is the, he's not doing? He's not doing AAV. He's not saying like. I'm gonna snatch every motherfucking birthday. But, uh, but Felix, no black guy has ever said he loves saying things in the, like he doesn't do it anymore since Trump. He, Trump probably called him and was like, "To cut it out with that urban shit, Stephen." Because <laughs> they're the only movies that Trump watches. But yeah, he loves saying things that like just no black guy has ever said that no one ever said. Uh, in in, in a part of the movie that I that I did watch, it's like okay, like he's like he he and his CIA team are trying to take down an organ trafficking network in in Cambodia that's run by a Maltese man. Ooh, someone's <laughs> been reading my timeline. <laughs> but uh, like, but like uh, the the op goes bad and they lose one of their agents and like the CIA the CIA handler who you saw in that first scene is just like you're done, like we're t- we're going in a different direction in Southeast Asia. And one of the members of his team is like, this is bullshit. I'm never leaving. Asia is my home. Asia, Asia, all of it is home to me. You know, the whole thing, the whole place from, is, from Lebanon to Brunei. Yeah, that is a big tent. <laughs> I feel equally at home in Mongolia as I do Singapore, as I do Hyperbod. Those are all the same place to me. To me, they are all the same because I am at home in Asia. Uh, whether it, whether it's Mecca or Guangzhou province, same thing. Yep. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so there we go. I mean, just a, just a little bit of, um, you know, like I said, like with you, the, the, our, these latest episodes, we're trying to fucking teach people about stuff. We're trying to teach you about, a little bit about the history, you know, because like. Yeah, we don't have much to say about the present, but like you know, let's go to the past and like yeah. you know, like Steven Seagal is a fucking you know, he's a wellspring of knowledge about the CIA because you know he's like he's he's been he's played CIA agents in movies, he's been in the CIA, he's been a Navy Seal, he's the only he's, civilian allowed to defuse an atomic bomb. <laughs> as yeah, he, has claimed. he did. He, he did it. He had uh, when he went he went to Navy Seal College and minored in being in the mafia. <laughs> this summer is a hitman in between no, I mean, being like, a seal and an army ranger i'm saying like like a lot of our recent episodes are about this sort of nexus between um, the intelligence community organized crime um you know like anti-castro exiles or whatever and like seagal sits at that very same nexus yeah he understands how crime and intelligence and nation states he's like yeah like I, anyone who says shit about america it's not your home it's not your home yeah. anymore if you knew your home's asia like, yeah your home <laughs> 
if you knew, if you knew the unclassified information that Seagal does, you would not be calling America your home. You'd be calling you'd Asia. You'd be calling to Asia. Asia. You would be straight, going straight to Asia, buddy. Uh, my fa- I, Seagal, he has so many awesome things. Like, yeah, only civilian, civilian authorized to use nuclear bomb, but uh, like lying about being a seal. But this early in his career, this was like before it was cool to be a Navy SEAL and shit. Like in the late 80s, it was before operator worship became a thing. And his thing then was he was like, yeah, I was actually in the mafia growing up. Yep, yep. <laughs> I was, used to be a part of the mafia. I don't really talk to those guys anymore. But yeah, I was actually like I was one of the best hitmen ever. Carlo Gambino uh, just like scouted me one day doing karate. It was like, hey, hey, kid. <laughs> it's. Hey, kid, would you like a job? Yeah. He's the great, like, he is, that's what an American really is. It's Steven Seagal. Yep, just whatever he wants to be at any given time, and he is it to the degree that he can convince other people that he is. Yeah, ageless, but not in a good way. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's, what if he he's the one that uncovers a deep state? Like, what if, like, just he has. Through, through his, well, I mean, he has. His films and novel. But only to us. Just laid like, it all out. Only to us. Like, we're like. He's like uh, uh, Sam Berkowitz's uh, – or David Berkowitz's dog. (laughs) We're the ones hearing him bark. He can only – we're the only ones – but I mean like to the world. Like what if – so you know how they're always like they're pushing back the JFK documents every 10 years, every 10 years? What if he's the one that finally gets them? And then it's just like history remembers him. Like history barely makes Obama a footnote 100 years from now. People are like – he's like McKinley. Like people are like, oh, yeah, I guess he was president. But everyone talks about Seagal as the guy who blew the whole thing open. Yes. Just imagine him like fatly walking into the <laughs> National Archives and just being like, I'm going to need to see every motherfucking document you got. No, don't, that's don't, how it, yeah. Don't tell me if there's classified. I've done things that you that were so classified that they cancel out this classification. Don't <laughs> I'll tell you every motherfucking thing. That's how it's going to go. He's going to go into the National Archives or the NSA, like that, you know, that huge, like, data Kaaba they have in utah for the NSA. yeah he's gonna go there and he's gonna say one of his uh things that he thinks black guys say but don't say he, he's gonna go in there and be like i need all the cupcakes with double frosting <laughs> just you know just nonsense i'm but, about to do yeah. a motherf- i'm about to do a motherfucking rain dance on your head <laughs> yeah y'all motherfuckers Get me a grape soda on the rocks. Like what? <laughs> but it's it's going to be like they're going to be like, oh, that's code. He wants all the JFK files. Like if he knows the code, he has like above top secret clearance. We have to give it to him. Yep. And boom. Next week, by the next week after that, Michael Hayden imprisoned, John Brennan imprisoned, Oliver North imprisoned. Uh, there's like a, a people's commune government. And it's all because of him. What if, I t- what if I told you 20 years ago that there's a government within the government operating as the real government? Don't tell me this is my home. Asia, I live in Asia now. Did you know there's a government in Asia? There's several governments in Asia. <laughs> what if I told you? What if I told you there was a motherfucking meal in between lunch and breakfast? <laughs> and you could have a hamburger with some eggs. <laughs> what if I um, told you that if Hillary won, we'd be there right now? So don't you fucking t- don't you fucking tell me what you tell you about what I can do. You, I've done things that you don't even know that I've done, and if you did them, you know you do them. 
But if I'm you so, did them, you'd be telling me that you did them to me. And if my, I did them to you, you'd forget who did them to you. My, my clearance is so high, I've had meals that I don't even know about. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what's in between dinner and dessert? Most motherfuckers don't. <laughs> they do in Asia, though. They have hundreds of words for it in Asia, my home. In I'm Asia? A, I'm a man without a country except for Asia. In Asia <laughs> embrace me. They've embraced me over here. In Asia, they eat eight small meals a day, and it's actually less calories. It's like Hanukkah. You have more days to look forward to and more presents. <laughs> y'all, y'all ever seen? Y'all ever seen Eight Crazy Nights? There's a se- there's a sequel that I did for the CIA. You don't even fucking know about. You think it'd be called Nine Crazy Nights? But no, you don't add a fucking day to Hanukkah. I like the idea that Crazy like, Nights too. His movies are getting like progressively even more straight to fucking DVD, straight to a <laughs> streaming channel that you can only access on like the Torn Network. And he's like, yeah. my, my movies have gotten so motherfucking classified. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his movies now just go directly into like a partially obscured memory in your mind. There's no distribution. <laughs> they just, they, they, it just, it's like the Big Bang. They just happen, and then suddenly you like you have a new like partial memory of you have, you have, a, you have a new down. image. You have a new image in your head of like how bad he looks. <laughs> yeah, it's a new thing every time. It's like, oh, there's like a weird glaze over his ear now. <laughs> uh. Okay, so uh, moving on. As long as we're talking about uh, men who look grotesque, um, can we? Can we uh, just uh, being on TV? Can we um, uh, cue up the Rudy Giuliani press conference clip from today? Back of that room, yes, yes, yes. we could do like a. Uh, did you Stop all watch deal. my cousin Vinny? Did, you know the movie? My, it's one of my favorite uh, war movies because he comes from Brooklyn, and uh, when the the nice lady who said she saw, and then he uh, he. He says to her, how many f- fingers do I, how many fingers do I got up? And she says, uh, three. <laughs> Terrible passion. Oh, oh, that's impression. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's that the worst. Anything like that, that doesn't sound anything like Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Are you funny? Oh, oh, you think I'm funny? You want me to you? What's up? I didn't know that he was uh, Ray's brother on Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> Terrible. Holy, what the what that the is... fuck is going on? Like it, it, this is this is where stop the steal is at now. They're they're wheeling out Rudy Giuliani, who is his hair dye is sweating out of his head. Both they're like temples they're weeping, <laughs> weeping, weeping black out tears of the... out of oh his fucking face. Uh, he's just like he's really like his dick is out of his pants at the press conference, yeah. and he's like uh, the, uh, the Hugo Chavez. Uh, he owns all the voting machines. It's like uh, Hugo Chavez is dead. He's been dead for years now. <laughs> what is going on? And it's just like this is their crack legal team. Like like these are the people who are going to be like uh, steal this election and install Trump as you know in, in, Imperium, the Trump Imperium. If Rudy you- Giuliani, who's just peeing in his pants on television. Yeah. Rudy Giuliani, like, he walked out today with, like, a bedpan still attached to his ass. <laughs> just <laughs> diarrhea coming down the side. Like, I think, like, just a like a hard ball of shit fell out of his pants leg and into a photographer's camera lens. But he, like, if you just called any, like, drive through the entire state of New Jersey and just, like, call ten lawyers at random that advertise on billboards... Only for personal injury. 
and any of them would be better than Rudy Giuliani. Like, this is probably the worst guy you could get for this. Like, ju- he's like, talking. He's talking about my. Co- he's talking about like this is the most important incident, the most important breach of American democracy in our history. And by the way, have you seen my favorite law movie, My Cousin Vinny? <laughs> and also, like, classic Oscar-nominated comedy was, starring he, Joe Pesci and Marissa he, Tomei. He was trying to bring up an example from My Cousin Vinny, but his brain is so fucking fried that the way he put it, it was like, "You remember My Cousin Vinny when, <laughs> when she saw the thing." Okay, what the fuck are you talking about? Saw what? What is this? Like, it's, well, I mean, like, Felix, like, as best I can understand it, like, the the, the, the the Team Trump, like, legal strategy or the people who are, you know, saying that he really won the election or whatever, like, for him to be, continue to be president, I think the legal strategy they're going for is just basically just canceling democracy. Just arguing yeah. in court that like elections aren't real. I, like, I he, he went out there today. That thing he went out there the, today and yeah. he said like uh, he was like if if Wayne County uh, if you remove Wayne County then then Trump has won Michigan and it's like yeah what no but you, no he said what are you talking about Wayne County is like half of Detroit like what are you talking about his county his argument is that if you are an urban Democratic county then you are crooked. And he he said that he just said like look at them look at how many go to prison and it's like well even if that's true what does that have to do with voter fraud and also like they Trump did better in yeah. those places that he did in 2016 and Biden did and Biden did worse than yeah. Hillary yeah it's like like if they really wanted to make up their margin they would be challenging like individual suburban townships that used to go Republican but well, yeah but that's yeah. because they just put Rudy Giuliani and his tertiary syphilis out there 20 grand a day i mean the thing is this is all a scam yeah this no is it's all a money yeah, yeah. scam they don't care what they say they just got to go out there and fucking bebop and scat they're out there they're doing fucking improv yeah do it you doesn't remember- matter do you remember when Rudy Giuliani butt dialed that reporter and <laughs> yes. and the thing they heard was like Oh, we got to get more money. Yep. Called Dubai. <laughs> That's like all they think about. All they think about is just like shuffling into cigar bars and getting a $600,000 check from a guy who owns slaves to do this shit. Like, and this, the is video- this is just one last money grab. And it's like anyone like I get it. Like I get people who are scarred by 2000 and it's like, yeah, voter suppression by Republicans is a genuine problem in, the, in America. But this is like. If you look at this and you're like, this is a fascist coup, it's like, I'm sorry, it isn't. Like, this is just. I mean, the argument people like to make is like, well, yeah, but like, that's been true of Trump this whole time. Like, why would this be different? And the answer is, is that Trump was able to do whatever he wanted to because if everyone just did their job, he would still be president. You know what I mean? If everybody just operated from their basic set of daily parameters is in government. In, in in whatever their position within the bureaucracy or the elected uh uh you know state organs would be they just do their business he's president if they keep doing that then biden's president yeah and that's the difference yeah. the difference is it just requires people to do their job and like but trump got away with it. it's like yeah because nothing he did went against that nothing he did conflicted in any way with people just doing their jobs because it kept people in power. It kept people uh, get the money. The spice was flowing. He was like all the tantrums he made and all the corruption he did and all the violence against norms he committed was immaterial to that. If Trump like did try to seize power, like to go against the norms to seize power, to go against people are defaulting. 
they're going to the place where they naturally go. It's the reason, as Matt said last episode, why John Roberts is in the place he is. Like, if you actually want to break it down, if you actually think there's going to be a coup, could you imagine Trump coordinating with the military for that? Yeah, because that's the thing is that they would yeah. have to ab- they would have to at some point abrogate the proceedings. And you would that just have to cancel need, like everything. You yeah. would need to get a buy in for someone to go along with what would be not their job as they understand it. Ignoring the fact that ha- the the officer corps of the military, according to like several sets of data, it's pretty. It, it used to be like eighty percent Republican. It's split now, leading a little Democratic. Ignoring yeah, that, literally all of them have gone to college. Yeah, they're college kids. The new yeah. Democratic base. Ignoring that. Who is Trump's liaison to the military now? Matthew Calamari? <laughs> Richard like Grinnell. Who? Yeah, exactly. Like, just guys who have been conservative bloggers for 12 years are just going to waltz into fucking CENTCOM uh, and be like, all right, um, I'm the I'm the general of the army now. I'm a five-star <laughs> general. <laughs> like, like, that's how it would go. Because that's how this has gone. Like, I saw people today fretting about Trump flying out those uh, – Republican legislators to by yes. Wayne County. And it's like, I can tell you exactly how that's going to go. He's going to go like, are you, can you give me this date? And they'll be like, no, not really. But like, I guess we could do something with the electors. But at the end of the day, like, they'll we'll, shine we'll, him on. Yeah. Yeah. They'll do whatever. Yeah, we'll does do, we'll do our Trump is to shine him on. We'll, we'll try our best, sir. And he'll be like, oh, I'm going to win tomorrow. And then it won't happen. And he'll be like, there will be new enemies for the Trump people. It would be like the the cucks in Michigan who betrayed us. And yeah. they'll spend their entire lives being like, oh, fucking State Representative Mike O'Malley of the Upper Peninsula, you are an enemy of the people. Prepare to get yeah. fr- frogs sent to your fax machine. <laughs> and nothing will happen. Like the, deep, like the deep state will be fine with Biden. They'll be fine with – the Republican research since it comes in 2022, they'll be fine with President Mike Lindell. Uh, they'll, it'll be like when Mike Lindell goes out, it'll be like when the Praetorian Guard would kill Roman emperors because he tried <laughs> yeah. to change a Pentagon pillow contract and he tried <laughs> fucking with their money. That's like how it goes. That's how it's going to go. Everything um, keeps flowing. That's it. That, that's it. Flow. That's it. If Trump facilitated spice flow. If he actually tries to get in the gears here at this stage with this outcome, that is not facilitating the spice flow. And I do think this is like generally bad because it's like, well, this of course, is, yeah, yeah, like, yeah no. there will never be another accepted election by a Republican at a national level. Right. That's over. Yeah. Like right, every right. election is a jump ball. Every effort at every point will be made to try to game it out. So if it's close, it will be stolen in public. That's just uh, that's just reality. Yeah. And it's like people see the horror of that, and I think they know, oh, that means that when this actually matters, it's going to be too late. And that's horrifying to them. And I think a part of them wants this to be the moment because they imagine, well, if this is the moment, maybe we could do something about it. Because I know that when the time comes, we won't be able to. Yeah, no. And the, the fact is, the moment already passed. Yeah. The moment, the moment passed. You can look at it you, multiple points for the moment passed. The moment passed when they blew JFK's head off and uh, were able to just go on with business as usual. And uh, abolishing the CIA became like a sort of mainstream position for about five years, then just completely phased out. It, 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 the moment passed uh, when Humphrey got the nomination. 
the moment passed when Carter uh, became Nixon, Volker. Or, or like when Nixon was pardoned, right, uh, right. And Volker, Volker takes over. Right. The, uh, the, entire and then, and then, Carter, the, the entire Carter presidency was the culmination of all this. It was supposed to be the channeling of all this energy, all this uh, rage from the 60s of JFK, of Vietnam, of all this. This is the response. We're going to we're shifting the dial. And what you got was mass deregulations. Paul Volcker, you got all, that was the moment. The moment was Reagan. The moment was fucking 2000. Yeah, That's Bush v. Gore. Was, that was the real, the real starting gun. It's yeah. past. And you know what the scariest thing is? There is no huge moment. You just have to live through all of this and hope that the country voluntarily disintegrates. <laughs> That's really it. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I wish I could tell you that like someone's going to make a big speech or that it's going to be like the Hunger Games and we're going to fight the dystopia. But no, your life's just going to get like shittier in a few ways. Other people whose lives are invisible to you, their lives will slide completely out of you and get shittier in ways that are inconceivable to you or I. And uh, if you do get caught, if you are swatted out of existence uh, by like the rising tide of horror, for the rest of us, you will not exist. Yeah, It will not be happening to us. No matter who it's happening to, it will not be happening to us as we understand that concept. Yeah, but, you know, here's the nice thing. Steven Seagal still making movies. You can still watch those. And uh, just a fucking bright orange beanbag chair yes. with a fucking uh, black velvet stapled into a Dracula <laughs> <laughs> widow's <laughs> peak. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. You can, and you can also write letters to the premier of Quebec and the governor of Illinois, asking for both of them to separate from their respective countries and merge into a new one. Whatever happens to everyone else, I don't care. But just, those, just real quick though, yeah. I just want to I want to return though to, to Giuliani for a second, and I just like I don't think we've spent adequate time talking about just how unbelievably wet he's gotten recently. Oh boy, he's soaking! Like he is soaking <laughs> he is wet. Sopping like, wet. What are these lights that they put him? Was he under a heat lamp at that press conference? <laughs> yeah, and like, I, and, like, like was sweat. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, he looks like he looks like a ham at a low end country club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is a Mar-a-Lago like, ham. A he is now under the heat lamp eternally. Yeah. No, he look. He looks like like when you take like a like a like a coke can out of the fridge on like a hot summer day and leave it like on the porch or something. <laughs> just condensation, just beating off of it, just like a fucking just just like a faucet uh, from his yeah. temples, or just like two faucets turned on, pouring yeah. off his face, shoe polish running down his fucking cheeks. <laughs> he's, he's looking like a woman like with mascara. She started crying and like uh, running down her face. Do you guys remember a while ago? It was um, fuck. Was it like some some funeral? And it was a clip of, it was a clip of Giuliani next to his like paramour, and this was at the, oh my the height, this is <laughs> yes. at the height of COVID, and he takes this rag out of his pocket to just fucking like, well, yeah, it was, it, we're still are, but it, you know, uh, he takes this rag out of his pocket and just sort of like blots his sweaty brow, yep. then yep. whispers directly in her face, and then touches her with the sweat hand. Yep, it's just demonstrating every single way you can transmit COVID to someone. That's Alpha Kino. Women <laughs> yeah. love that women love like her ovaries basically exploded when that happened. Uh, yeah, he's uh, it's like he he's whenever he has to make a public appearance, whatever they're like, Rudy, you uh, we need you we need you to say that uh, Frankenstein voted in Wayne County. Rudy, we need you. We need you to describe the plot of Leprechaun Two to the press corps. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay, uh, let me just sit in a locked car in a parking lot in the sun, covered in Saran wrap, with my full suit on for three hours, and then I'll go. 
It's like okay, nothing else were... explains. I sweat a lot, but like Jesus Christ, that's a whole new level. That is like hyperhidrosis. There is like something wrong there. I mean, like, and he was he was doing the same thing. He was doing the same thing in the Borat movie. In the yeah, scene everyone yeah. talked about with Borat's daughter, he was he had the same rag. He had a sock that he just kept blotting his fucking forehead with. As he and then he kept touching her. Oh, he is man, such a disgusting man. Remember four years man. ago when the only visible evidence that he was falling apart was his bedpan lower dentures? Yeah. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, just his Ugh. diarrhea colored teeth. Yeah, and now it's like he is just falling into. He is no, it's so, like, before. Like, I, I, Felix, as you pointed out before, like when he was at the the Republican convention and he was like America, America, <laughs> and like his bottom teeth, like you said, those are the bedpan teeth. They're rot. They, he looks like a fucking like a sailor who has scurvy from like the nineteenth century. Monster. But his top, but his top teeth are all the fucking like the the chiclet fucking those are veneers. The beautiful plates. The beautiful looks like, veneers. It looks like the mask with Jim Carrey on top, and yeah, nineteenth century British sailor on the bottom. That really is disturbing the, that is like you know how matt said subtext is gone yeah that's it that's america <laughs> you only get one set of caps yeah like, that's that's uh that's the yeah. new guilty top ones because they're bigger yeah okay well uh moving on because as long as we're talking about um grotesque and insufferable italian americans from the state of new york that we can't get rid of uh chris can we see that that andrew como press conference clip Oh God! I, I could not Hell believe yeah. this Let's shit. Talk about I could not boy. believe this shit. How about, how about, I'll talk about Bowser here. Yeah, your princess is in another freaking castle. The other day you said this is the city's decision. They have an agreement at three percent. Today you said, well, I might have to impose an orange zone and I might have to close the schools, which an orange zone does. So what's going on? Does the city still have the ability to close its schools? Are you now taking control and saying that you have the power to make this decision? And for the millions of parents who want to know, are the schools going to open tomorrow in New York City? All right. First of all, let's try not to be obnoxious and offensive in your tone. Totally legitimate question. Because you're 100% wrong. These laws have all been in effect for months. I've always said, we set initial parameters... (laughs) And then the school district picked a percent within those parameters. New York City picked three percent. We announced the orange zone law over a month ago. I don't know if you were here or if you were paying attention. But that has been in effect for over a month. It always said, if by the state's numbers you hit three percent, the schools close. What's going on here is nothing that the law hasn't said for over a month. We then had the test-out procedures. If you were paying attention, you would have known we closed the schools in New York City two weeks ago. Remember when we did an orange zone and a red zone in Brooklyn and Queens? And we closed the schools? Don't you remember that? Okay, so don't you? So what are you he talking sound, he, about? He sounds like Livia Achy. Soprano. How, what are you yeah, talking about? You're now going to override. How, remember how like every we did it already? That's the law. Yeah, we... an orange zone and a red zone. Follow the facts. I'm still confused. Well, then you're confused. I'm confused, and then I'll tell you what, Jimmy. Still, parents are still confused as well. The schools. Oh, they're not confused. Tomorrow. You're confused. No, I think but parents are law, confused as well. Read the law, and you won't be confused. But, 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 All right, yeah. He, remember how like, for every, seven minutes. He just, every he time he's doing that, 
Yeah, remember how every time, like, Trump did this, it was, like, just, it was the end of the world when he would, like, get into some bitch off with Jim Acosta. It was like, <laughs> yeah. This is fascism to yeah. see this. Well, what's the, this? Yeah, is fake the, news. Yeah, fake news. This is the exact same thing as what Trump. What the fuck he, is he, he has, talking about? He has Donald Trump's exact same personality. This is yeah. exactly yeah. how he yeah. behaves. It's an awful, queenie, New York, narcissist bitch. Yes. And uh, a similar, similar fucking body count to him as well. And I don't mean yeah. the number of women he's had sex with. Who have gone? Who have gone on to die of COVID? That's that's what your body count is. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but like what, what the orange zone? Yeah, we're entering. The, hey, history class, we're entering the orange zone now. A period of history when Andrew Cuomo gets angry. Uh, but like, like what? What is he talking about again? And like, I just love that. Like the, the reporter asked the question not in a bitchy way at all. It was a totally legitimate question. Like uh, he didn't answer it, and then like he just he he. He answered the question like uh, assuming that everyone who had watched it would just uh, into it that the reporter was like a piece of shit who was trying to like get get over some bad faith knock on him. And it's just I don't, like yeah. what it, just what is going on? Because it's just like, yeah, like are the schools open or closed in New York? Like, I don't know. I mean, like it, it seems right. like they just keep going back and forth on it. Like, yeah, um, this is because we don't get any news stories. I think Cuomo will be the next Giuliani. I already said it, but it's like this. I, I used to think like my dark vision was that Cuomo will become president one day. And after seeing that clip, I just like he's he's a media and PR creation. Like somehow this state having the worst outcome out of anyone with COVID made him into a hero, just like 9-11 made Giuliani into. Yeah, a hero. exactly. Exactly. Um, and but, why did, why was Giuliani wait well why was Giuliani a hero because of 911 because he was on TV that day walking around looking yeah, like, yep. like a leader and Cuomo is a hero because of covid because like uh, he would go on TV every week and do a powerpoint presentation that's it yeah, yeah it's, it's the outcome exactly call. the same yeah it's just it's just like whoever like you're you're anxious about a, th- a crisis bad shit happens and then it either hits you or doesn't if you survive well Thank the man on TV who told you that it was going to be okay. Yeah. Um, I, I see a similar fall for grace for Cuomo in the next 20 years. I don't think it's funny as Giuliani because what could be? Oh, Giuliani. God, nothing. He is the ap- end point, just the, the slapstick uh, culmination. Yeah, and that's why, I mean, I've been thinking about this a lot this week with all the Giuliani stuff because you guys remember, all of you guys, uh, not our audience who were all born in 2012, but... Uh, you guys, my friends, who I'm talking to, Giuliani, until about 2006, he was Jesus Christ himself. Yeah. Like, every America's like, mayor. America's Saturday Night mayor. Live. Saturday Night Live did skits about how they want him to be mayor forever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. They, it was... George Carlin. I remember this distinctly. George Carlin. In his later years, when he all of his uh, all of his uh, stand-up specials were just him describing how he'd like to see everyone on Earth killed, <laughs> he's getting super bitter. And he, like in his last, the last, uh, the I remember this like a bolt through my fucking heart because I was a big fan of him when I was a kid. His uh, the the special he did before nine eleven happened, like in two thousand or nineteen ninety nine, culminated in this really long bit about how he was how he loved mass violence, mass misery and the closer he was to it the more he liked it and then 9-11 happens and then like a year later he comes out with a special and the opening bit is him saying i was born in the city county and state of new york 
And I think with this war on terror, we need to put it in charge of uh, of uh, uh, an Italian from Brooklyn. Here's what you do domestically. You take Don Imus's advice and you tell this Tommy Thompson and Tom Ridge, good try, nice going, we'll see you later. And in charge of the whole domestic thing, you put Rudolph Giuliani, an Italian from Brooklyn, okay? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and we actually did. I mean, we might we might as well have because like a bunch of cash fell off trucks. Uh, the wrong nine guys billion dollars went missing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bernie Carrick was literally there. One of his yeah. minions. Yeah, was, you're right. Yeah, it was, it was exactly like stealing copier toner from the fucking office in Baghdad. Yeah, I mean, if it was run by the mafia, it wouldn't have been any different. But yeah. uh, no, yeah, it was very depressing. And then like slowly. The more people were directly exposed to him and not just exposed to him on TV, the shine started to go away. And it started in 2008, where Giuliani was – he polled very high in the Republican primary in 2008 and was seen by some as an interesting foil for Obama or Hillary because he had these more socially liberal bona fides and uh, he he was obviously incredibly popular or was a few years before. But then something happened. He started to go into Florida. And the more that people saw of him, the more they were like, oh – yuck <laughs> like even republican voters were like what the fuck is this guy's deal uh and you go all the way until 2016 where he's early to endorse trump uh walks around wearing a bunch of baffling hats go to the convention speech where you see his bedpan teeth you go to now where he's just as david ross said is cursed into doing something gross and confusing every 36 hours until he dies that's going to be Cuomo. The more people are directly exposed to Cuomo, the more they're going to be like, oh, what the fuck? Like, even libs, even libs who love TV are going to be like, oh, this guy, like, this guy fucking has a mental breakdown anytime he's directly challenged in person. Oh, this guy yeah. killed a bunch of people. Oh, this guy, he doesn't say anything actually coherent. His, well, uh, I mean- hey, remember after Trump won when he got up there and he was like, I'm a trans woman. <laughs> I'm a black Jewish guy. Yeah, that I'm, was awesome. I'm yeah. a Mexican and I'm Muslim. And then he just bursts well, into tears. Felix, you're right. Like it's it's the, it's the exact same mentality as Trump because I mean both of them know they're guilty as shit and have like mm-hmm. fucked things up incredibly badly. Or maybe they don't feel responsible for it, but they know that they're on the hook for it because I mean, like you know, they're sitting at that desk. And anyone who brings it up or questions them, it's like, how could you be this unfair to me? Guess yes. I'll just go. Guess I'll kill myself. <laughs> I guess I'll go fucking die. I'm just um, hated for being me. Uh, actually, let's talk about the uh, the Cuomos. Uh, I have some interesting Cuomo lore here that I'm not sure you guys are aware of, dealing with uh, the father, the original monarch of Bowser's hey, Castle. Hey, Mario. Mario vote, Cuomo. Vote for, vote for Cuomo, not the podcast. That's <laughs> 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 they used to say. <laughs> Um, I have to credit uh, Stav and Adam for being my research team on this. But uh, were you guys aware that Mario Cuomo was a baseball player at St. John's and was signed as an outfielder by the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 50s? No, I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, you, you wouldn't think he had the makings of a varsity athlete. But check this out. His baseball career ended uh, when he was struck in the head by a pitch and was in the hospital for six days. He got his brain rocked by a fucking fastball, and he had to end his career, and then he went to law school after that. And what's funny about the Pittsburgh Pirates, this is in, like, 1952, I think that was about exactly the same year that Fidel Castro was also a prospect for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So just think about how history could have turned out different if, like, two guys had been better at baseball 
Yeah, it's sort of like a, you know, Hitler in art school, not Hitler in art school thing. I mean, uh, Castro would have been a great player, but he was a true varsity athlete in running his country. If the Cuomos had just become a baseball dynasty, well, who's to say? I don't know what history looks like. They definitely would have argued with the fucking umpire a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Check this out. This is uh, another piece of Mario Cuomo lore that I, didn't, I, I wasn't aware of. Uh, in 1992, he took a trip to Italy, like an official state trip to Italy, in which the Sicilian mafia uh, planned to assassinate him on a visit to I- Italy. Uh, the plan was for to have a dozen guzzmen armed with Kalashnikov assault rifles and explosives ambush Cuomo. And they were like, apparently the Sicilian mob wanted to kill the governor of New York because New York State had allowed, like, uh, Sicilian mafia snitches to, like, resettle in the United States. And they were willing to literally go to war with America, kill a fucking governor over this shit. That's so fucking hard, <laughs> buddy. Like, I, <laughs> god damn. And apparently the reason they didn't do it was because Cuomo had security with him at the time. And they were like, oh, I wonder what the plan is over. Because, like, right, the, so of that era, like the, like, like, the, like, the Naples, like, the Camorra and, like, the La Cosa, like, Sicilian Mafia, like, in those areas, like, they killed dozens of fucking oh, God, judges yeah. and prosecutors they, in yeah, Italy because murked, blew them up on the highway they all the time. Because like <laughs> federals, yeah. Because what were, like these guys just would go outside, they'd take a bike to like the like the little village and have an espresso in the morning and then some guy on sandals and a fucking moped would just roll up with an Uzi and just spray them with like a hundred yeah. bullets. But like Cuomo had like three security guys and they were like, oh no, we cannot assassinate the governor. Oh no, uh, yeah, no. They were pretty like they if you ever get bored and you want to go down a rabbit hole, reading about the mafia in Italy is amazing. They're just cartels. They're just cartels. They're so much more powerful and stronger in numbers and will do things the American mob won't. Like, the American mob, uh, that is one thing I wish with Trump. I wish that one of his policies was bringing back the mob to its, like, 70s, 80s <laughs> strength. Because, you know, the mob, there needs to be activities for people in New York that aren't drinking that would be one of my arguments. Like they need to bring back mob activities, like illegal dog tracks and stuff. Like but playing the, pinochle, Play like yeah. pinochle in a deli in the back yeah. room of a deli with your friends. I would have, yeah, I would have looked into us joining the mob maybe just as like an activity as friends, but uh, Trump didn't do it. Another promise broken, but the American mob is like 30 guys now who are all going in and out of prison. The Italian mob in Italy is like thousands of guys who will all just like, uh, roll up on you with the first bike you get in Grand Theft Auto Vice City and just empty 70 rounds into your fucking gut. They've killed, like, <laughs> they, like they've killed so many fucking judges, as Will said. They make, like, tens if not hundreds of billions of dollars a year. They're fucking like, hard as shit. Doing shit like dumping toxic waste in, like, poor Italian people's vineyard, like, their backyard, just burying toxic yeah. waste. For, just like, fucking, for... yeah, they're like Zetas. <laughs> <laughs> they're fucking crazy they're no i was talking to stop about this and he was like uh some you like create some sort of like alternate history movie where you go back in time and like uh help the help the italian the sicilian mafia assassinate mario cuomo and then there's like a back to the future moment in the present where his two idiot sons are gabbing at each other on cnn and they just fade out <laughs> <laughs> that would, oh oh, oh he's like uh, 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 uh chris chris you know uh, dad always said i could do more push-ups than you and then they just dis- they just like, de- like oh. dematerialize on tv like avengers just those are the those are the only bodyguards they didn't want to kill, and it <laughs> ruined America. <laughs> ruined him. Like imagine, yeah, that that bullet comes out of that that uh, Zip's gun, 
and <laughs> explodes fucking Mario Cuomo and then snap to the president, you're on a fucking uh, – 300 mile per hour maglev train in New York City. It's like, oh, god damn, this is great. Podcasts don't exist because it's like, yeah, we don't need them. We, we don't have, need them. Yeah, all of us are in the mafia. <laughs> We're, do we become Italian? Yeah. We're allowed to be made men. All right, uh, just uh, the last thing I want to talk about is um, just l- looking ahead to uh, uh, the, the Biden administration. This shit over the last couple of days has been so fucking funny about this like student debt relief plan because it started with with Chuck Schumer because like you know he, he he has to be in charge of the Senate so he's like his plan was fifty thousand dollars in student loan debt then Biden came out and said twenty thousand and then as of yesterday it's been somehow winnowed down to ten thousand if you jump through like twenty fucking hurdles if you jump over twenty hurdles to get it. And it's that all was, like by it's the all way, means totally tested. Was an unpredictable outcome when they started like, floating what, what, this what, last week. I just yeah, exactly. And what I love what I love so much, and I know like we're we're all supposed to like go through like the Biden transition team and the Biden cabinet and like just, you know, sort of like pick out every fucking monster and evil person who's gonna be like filling the halls of power. But you know, I mean, is anyone surprised at this point? Does anyone like I do I don't really care. I mean it's like I mean I care, but it's like I don't see the point in in uh, obsessing over it because it's like we all knew this was the deal. Yeah, yeah. No, and what I love they, about what I love about like, the nomination going from like we I think we said like last week like that if they do anything or like any kind of stimulus or anything that's like a sop to young people or the progressive part of the party, it's going to be this fifty thousand dollars in student loan, right? Like writing off the debt. They've now negotiated with themselves down to $10,000. And, like, I don't even know who qualifies for that. Getting $10,000 of your student loans written off. But, like, keep in mind that this is, like, this is the stage, like, they're not even in power yet. They haven't even been inaugurated. So this is, like, the dream big part of the administration. And this is what we're getting. This is their fucking moonshot. This is the the very, very best. This, This is the most progressive moment in the Biden presidency will be him offering $10,000 in student loan debt right off. That's it. Yeah. And they probably won't even do that. But like this is, like I just said, like this is the transition period. This is the dream big portion of the presidency. They are who we thought they were, as Denny Green said. That's why we took the damn field. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, just think about how depressing that is. I mean, and again, like it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. And like there's there's no point in in complaining about it because like what? Like fair is fair. They won the fucking election. They won the primary. They they won. So like this is what they get to do, which is nothing for anyone ever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Enjoy. Oh, I wanted to talk about, uh, about, we never actually talked about the insane shit he said about the cheesecake. Oh, who? We never got to that. About, uh, oh, 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 uh, oh, Cuomo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, yeah, let's bring that up when Felix that. gets back. So when, Will, when, when Felix gets back, let's continue that. Because I wanted to talk about that, and then we never got to it. Because I thought that was the clip we were going to play. All right. Because so, yeah, that, that I, to me, is like the most insane thing and like the most perfectly indicative thing that he did. This yeah, all right. So, uh, yeah, um, more, more Cuomo news. Uh, the, the Andrew Cuomo's... Uh, Prior to his press conference meltdown where he berates that reporter for asking him a fucking totally reasonable question about, you know, will schools be open or not? What was the thing he said about um, 
like if you eat too much cheesecake, you'll get fat as a way of blaming people for like fucking the fact that the state. There's is- an audio of it. We could find it. Yeah. But I have I have the clip. All right, all right. And just to make it very simple, if you socially distanced and you wore a mask and you were smart, none of this would be a problem. It's all self-imposed. It's all self-imposed. If you didn't eat the cheesecake, you wouldn't have a weight problem. It's all self-imposed. And, of course, some people are like, oh, my God, he's uh, being uh, fattest or whatever. That's but the worst part about this. That's, yes, that's the worst part. But it's like, well, I guess, but it's just part of the overall sadism that animates the liberal project. Because the assumption there, the assumption of all elected Democrats, is that nothing is going to change about the actual misery of living in this country. It's the weather. There's nothing to be done about it. But uh, if you don't follow the rules, the pain that you suffer will be your fault. Yes. That's that's what we're there to be. As government, we're there to make sure that the people who, through their failure to live up to some uh, behavioral standard that is not at all responsible for why things are the way they are, uh, will be condemned. And we will be there to make sure that they are condemned. If the boyfriend had eaten his meatballs and spaghetti <laughs> we wouldn't be in this situation right that that is That's, my, that is okay that by the way that the, the jennifer rubin boyfriend tweet response to andrew cuomo is probably my favorite tweet of the year if not of all time it, it's my, so good the kind they, of mind that did that the kind of like david lynch character ass brain that, that boyfriend looks that. nice that all jennifer rubin's posts they have the vibe of a woman like drinking a cocktail straight out of one of those aluminum mixers with in a bathrobe just like loopy like you are one loopy lady jennifer she's always just barging in like yeah taking xanax that was meant for her dog (laughs) (laughs) and like like we've talked about it before but i never get sick of talking about mrs never gonna get a reply but yeah yeah yeah, because like cuomo will post just some fucking dumb picture of his stupid family and jennifer will be like you're having a nice day. I hope you remember to butter the corn. Winky face. <laughs> Just no reply. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Jen- like, yeah, Matt, like, 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 like fucking, uh, who's the tweeting senator from Hawaii? Uh, Brian Schatz will be like, Brian Schatz. Oh, yeah. I don't know who needs to hear this, but, uh, all votes are legal votes or something. You know, just, just like, who gives a shit? And Jennifer will be like, tell that, tell that to the fake news editor in chief. Love you. Saw you on Meet the Press. <laughs> just Felix, pull, Jen- Jennifer Rubin first. Jennifer Rubin is like a like the middle aged version, like a like a middle aged woman who's taking like cocker spaniel doses of fucking uh, opiates or, or <laughs> yeah. benzos or something. She's the she's the middle aged woman version of the. What would you do if I was there right now? Ha ha! I'm joking <laughs> yeah, too much. Well, hey, Andrew Cuomo, what would you do? What would you do if I ate that meatball? Ha ha! Jennifer Rubin, Mrs. Silly. <laughs> and what's so funny too is that she's she fucking uh, she fucking slobbers over Obama every time there's anything written or said about him. Like his new fucking playlist, where he's like, "Oh, check out Fleetwood Mac. Oh, some good stuff there." And she's like, "She's like, yes, sir. Like, thank you. Like, and she's just." Like talking about him like he is George Washington. And then, like, eight years ago, she, like, every column she wrote for the Washington Post was like, Democrats need to get real about scumbag Obama, about yeah, the lying no. piece of garbage trash in the White House. Yeah, no, like, it's a ama- I guess she's like a walking advertisement for the healing powers of opiates because, like, 
yeah, 10 years ago, or even like six years ago, her columns were like, well, what a surprise. Uh, Obama probably earmarked some things in the budget to put a statue of Allah on the moon to worship. And you know that he's going to be having gay sex with black guys, with his mm-hmm. wife, who's also a gay man. Uh, and like, I just, think she had, she had a column that was until, like, just wait until he ritualistically beheads an effigy of Winston Churchill in a Muslim <laughs> ceremony. And now, like, now she's like, yeah, in her bathrobe with her hair rollers in, drinking Popov out of the bottle, rolling up to every Obama reply. I, I wish you could be president right now. <laughs> like, yeah. She had a awesome. column back in the day in the Washington Post that was like, Democrats need to get real about Obama's racism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, opiates, they come from the earth and they heal you. <laughs> they are. That's They're really from it. the earth. Yeah, it's from the earth. They're from the uh, earth. Toke up. Oh, yeah. See, the other thing everyone's talking about are these excerpts from, like, Obama's, like, part one of his new book that he was just... Hell, like, yes. What is this autobiography number eight for this? Yeah. Yeah, guy? this guy loves writing about himself. Yeah. He really loves writing about himself. Yeah. He was like, it's uh, like- yeah. Uh, yeah, I read uh, I read Marx and uh, Hegel in college, but I was uh, only trying to get some pussy. It's almost as like ribs uh, and pussy too. It's almost as like Ob- It's almost as if Obama, in his like in the, the way that he performs his narcissism, creates the same like psychic identification with liberals that Trump does with conservatives, because they are in both cases seeking not someone to infect a policy because policy doesn't matter; nothing can change. They want to see themselves. Yeah, they want to see themselves in power, and Obama's narcissism is the narcissism of a cultivated cosmopolitan, uh, 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 college-educated liberal, and and they respond to that, and those they don't think it's narcissism; they think he actually does care about other people. Damn it, because they think they care about other people. Yeah, Obama is just one of the most fucking uncaring people. In the An world. absolute, a, a, a like a, a narcissist in the purest sense, like sociopath, yeah. whatever. Like, yeah, he's in power. He clearly has abstracted out. Uh, like he is, he's is able in his mind to abstract the, 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 uh, the pain caused by any decision he does away from him. It's, it's a system that exists beyond him. He is only there to serve it because we've talked about how, uh, Trump like uniquely, uh, acts like, being president is just watching himself be president. Obama did that too. Yeah. Like oh, Bush was the last decider. Like Bush was the last president to go into office uh, and, and really maybe he didn't even go into office, but 9-11 gave him the idea of actually trying to use the office to affect anything. And it fucking failed miserably. And every president and the presidents we've had since then have been metabolized that at some level, either consciously or unconsciously. And so they are just there to be there. They're there to experience it. They're there to have the experience of watching power. But they're not there to intervene in any way because you can't. Yeah. Obama, I mean, if Trump shows the dangers of a narcissist who is incompetent, that is to say that he channels all of people's worst impulses but also people's desperation and uh, just channels it all into uh, – more of the same, which is just skimming off the top of the the rapidly emptying casino, yeah, and uh, random culture wars of the week where you just sort of take it out on whichever group it is this time, or you know whatever orc resembling army colonel or fucking Lev Farnes or whatever. Obama shows the danger of a competent narcissist, which is he takes all the people's yes hopes and dreams and. Uh, 
base desires for a better world and turns it into nothing, but then tells them that that nothing makes them a good and realistic person. Yep. And, you know, like my, my point about the like back to going back to Biden and his ten thousand dollars of student loan write off. Like you remember when Obama like was elected president in 2008 and like even by then I was like pretty jaded and cynical. But like you remember the things like that they were saying that they were going to do. Yep. I mean, it yeah. seemed like it was a lot fucking heftier than this bullshit. Oh, yeah. And like we all know what happened with that. So like think of how penny ante like the the offer up front is now like think just in just in like two presidential terms just like how much that has been winnowed down yep. just like even well, what they're willing to lie about that they're going to like say they're going to try to do has obama, been so impossibly winnowed down like the way that obama i think the way he viewed specifically his second term i would say that obama at in his second term uh and definitely after uh the 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 republicans took the senate uh he it's some dim level was aware of, and it certainly is reflected in the dynamic of power, that he essentially functioned as a constitutional monarch, and Mitch McConnell was his prime minister. Yeah. Like he was the Queen of England, and, and, uh, and McConnell was uh, Boris Johnson. Like that, was the, that was his, like, uh, his control of power, is, is a constitutional monarchical terms. That's how attenuated his control of anything was. But his perception of himself as president didn't change at all. Because he was always assuming that real power happened elsewhere, that real decisions did not ever happen in a room he was in, at least not in the White House. Yeah. Uh, let me be clear. Uh, oh, well, okay. uh, well, what would you do if I uh, took you out for a nice uh, dog dinner? Would you let me kiss you? <laughs> I'm silly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Am I gay? Not the slightest. Don't believe me. Don't care. I, uh, uh, I get by. <laughs> I'm silly. Uh, he, uh, I guess, like, you know, his Obama's frequent autobiographies they remind me of another guy, a guy I like, Mr. Nasgard, Carl yeah. Ove. But I, you know, it may, it makes me think Carl Ove's autobiographies. The point of the my struggle and its endless volumes and pages, they're sort of amazing. They're, in my opinion, they're a deconstruction of the personal essay. They're a flawless, and I thought about this a lot because the detail is so insane that I don't know how much of it happened or that he's recalling exactly, but I don't think that's the point. The point is to create a simulation of a flawless, gapless accounting of a human life that strikes directly against the idea that you can extract meaning from every cultural symbol and event and personal interaction. It's the idea is like, Oh, you think like a a certain like type of guy watches a type of movie and that makes the, makes them bad. Or like the, you know, we, we should, uh, we should litigate some like culture war issue over man spreading and there should be endless just personal essays about people's boring lives that dictate public morality. Here's everything. Here's mm. everything that has ever happened to me. And it's meaningless. Here's <laughs> the death of my father. Here's my marriage falling apart. Here's me conspiring to drink beers when I was 14. Here's me playing my first music gig. Here's, you know, the birth of my child. What does it mean? What is the unifying meaning of this? Nothing. Nothing. And it's brilliant in that way because they're beautifully written and they're gripping in this weird way, but also very boring. And I love that because, like, it is a sort of, like, nihilistic uh, uh, piece of art. Yeah, and he's self-conscious about the nihilism. Yeah, yeah, he's self-conscious about the nihilism and he's self-conscious about himself and about the idea of life meaning nothing and he's very self-hating. And I love those books. 
But Obama's are like the opposite. It's taking very selected events and telling you that they mean everything, even though... Because with Nausgaard, he's telling you it means nothing, but you go deeper and it's like there is something there. There is some meaning and some beauty even in the nonsense of life. It's very Ecclesiastes like, but Obama's is telling you this means everything. And then when you pull back and look at the grand picture of what he's done in his life, you're like, no, this means fucking nothing. This well, and he give, he te- he uh, gives the game away in that respect because I re- there was an interview with him that came out with the release of these excerpts where he talked about how he fought with his editor to keep stuff in because it's super long and it's only the first half. And he said that there was a lot of detail that he insisted on keeping in that his editor questioned about. And the example he did is that he went apparently in the book he explains how chintzy the layout at uh, at the G twenty is, like how they have like shitty like. Uh, uh, like pens that you'd get at a at a like a trade show and he thinks that's that's important for people and it's like well no that's important for you because it's part of your endless quest to be disenchanted at every moment because you keep assuming the next fucking vista the next achievement the next thing you participate in is going to fucking fill the hole in the center of you and then it never fucking does and then that's represented to you in things like oh wow these are really shitty pens and it's like yeah who gives a shit that only matters to you because you have decided that the sum total of like meaning is your personal growth. And so you're just are, you are compulsively articulating all the ways that you fail to do that, that you keep coming to the mountaintop and being disenchanted and just keep going forward because of your monomaniacal narcissism that powers you just as surely as it does fucking Trump, like a goddamn shark that can't keep stop swimming. And th- that 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 reminds me of. Something Nausgaard says. Nausgaard, in like the first few pages of book one of my struggle, goes, um, I don't like, I don't know why this happens. And I'm sorry it does, but like, I just don't, I didn't cry when my son was born. I didn't like, I don't cry when I look in his eyes. Like, I'm such a fucking piece of shit. I'm such a fucking bad father. But I cry when I see this one specific painting in the Louvre. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And it's like, he's he's doing the opposite where he's like no i've gotten objectively everything that gives you meaning and something in it like it's not registering me with me and something is wrong with me and my reading of that is that like that just that's could be due to childhood that can be due to just how you grow as a person how you process emotions it doesn't make you a piece of shit but it's interesting that he puts it that way Whereas Obama just runs over all these people to get to that summit and is like, <laughs> the pens suck. I've been failed again by the world. <laughs> all right. The world cannot be as perfect as I am. All right. I, I got to wrap it up here because I got I to gotta send for Christian Files and we got to go to dinner. But I just want to, I want to close with this by saying that I'm, I'm going to make one thing crystal motherfucking clear to you. Don't ask me. What I would do if you were there right now with me. I'm not silly. I've done things. I've done some of the least silly things that you could even fucking imagine for my country. So don't ask me. Don't ask me what we would do on a date together if you were there, what I'm wearing, motherfucker. I'll snatch every motherfucking birthday from your silly ass. You wanna you wanna come you wanna come see me right now? I'm in Asia. You wanna take me on a date? You want to take me on a date? You gotta meet me in Phnom Penh. Gotta meet me in Thailand and Cambodia, or maybe I Lebanon. I inspire and I do me. I do me. I do motherfucking me. All right. Well, uh, that, that does it for today.
<laughs> Storm is coming. <laughs> That's right, dude. All part of the plan, baby. Stay tuned. A storm is coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.